1: Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The iconic rock band Aerosmith kicks off its fall residency in Las Vegas tomorrow at the MGM Grand. I spoke with guitarist Brad Whitford when the band rocked MGM National Harbor near DC in 2019, and I gotta say, it was one of the coolest concerts I've seen.
2: thank you, Jason.
0: Now, this tour at MGM National Harbor, it's going to be awesome. Um, you guys are one of the biggest rock bands in history, but MGM's relatively speaking, an intimate setting compared to a lot of, you know, you guys could sell off stadiums. What do we got in store here? What makes this tour a little different from, from past ones, if any of our listeners have seen you guys before?
2: Well, we you know, as you know, we've been doing a residency in Las Vegas and um, for MGM, and um, we're just trying to bring a little bit of what we're doing out there in their Las Vegas casino to um to National Harbor. So it'll be a little you know, it'll be some fun things. There's a very um a great piece of uh, video that we show everybody that's a little bit historical, uh, and kinda of showing different things about over over almost fifty years of uh doing what we do. So you you get a little bit of insight into each guy in the band and um it's really fun. People seem to really enjoy it, and then of course we play. That's the easy part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I definitely don't want to spoil the whole set list, but I assume we're gonna we're gonna hear. You know, could you rattle off a couple we might hear? Some of the the, the go tos. <laughs> oh gosh, I mean we we, we do a little. Um, we mix up a few
2: things on the set on a daily basis, or, or on a show basis, but. Um, but it's a little bit, you know, we, we always do a little bit of stuff we did in the early days and and right up to today. And sometimes we change it a little bit, uh, just more more for ourselves, I think, than the audience, but um, see the audience always enjoys it. So we always kind of have a few surprises. Sometimes I don't know what, what's, sometimes the song will be like, ten minutes before we go on. Oh we're gonna do this song. It's like, oh okay. I think I remember that one. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> well I mean you guys have, you know, four or five I guess five decades of, of hits. Not many bands can can say that, you know, <laughs> chart 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 topping hits over multiple decades. So you have a lot to choose from. Um what uh yeah. can you, yep. can you, me back to the very the very beginning um I know the band formed around you know sixty nine seventy the original three and then you joined i think in in nineteen seventy one but that was still before your first record deal, so you were in there on the the ground floor that original uh quintet if you will um how how exactly did that come about did you did you see did they post like you know an ad for it or did you like what was your in- in intro to the band there How did you actually hook up with those guys well it it's a
2: it's a it's a uh... It's kind of a fun story. I mean, I was I was playing in in this other band. I didn't even know I didn't know Joe or Tom or I didn't know any I didn't know anything about them. Um, but the guys I was playing with would talk about them because they were they were friendly, and they would once in a while mention Aerosmith. And um, so uh, we in the summer of '71, this group I was with, we went up to Sunapee to play a show up there and uh i guess the word was out that um it, that joe perry and, and tom hamilton came to see us play so that's when i first met uh tom and joe and uh about a week later i got a call from joe and you know, like hey what are you doing you want to hang out <laughs> and we did we 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 became friends and um and shortly after that, he start he talked about me being in you know wanting wanting to be in Aerosmith. That's what Joe wanted to do, and uh, so I said, "Hey, that's great, but I don't know anything about you. I've never seen you play, and so I can't really say." when can I come see you play so we did that we went uh I went to see them play uh, up in uh, Menden Massachusetts and I was like oh my god these guys are great <laughs> so that was it I uh I signed on the dotted line in August 1971 and uh and that's how it happened
0: that's awesome first impression of Steven Tyler when you first met him
2: oh you know what he he um I guess my first impression was he was uh, you know I got this guy is definitely a rocker because he's always been uh very conscious of you know his clothing and his appearance so he had a very you know he just he just looked he looked like a rock star when we were a long way from anything like that but <laughs> he had a he had a great uh, a great presence and uh, he just he just dressed badass, and, um, and quite obviously, just uh, an amazing uh, vocal talent. So he's a, he's an incredible musician. He's got the he's got you know per- perfect pitch, and uh, he really knows how to listen to music um, and dissect it. He's you know very. It was really cool meeting him
0: similar question about Joe Perry, you know you guys are both there on the guitars. What's it been like riffing with him over the years, or you know what so, or something that you know we we might not know as the casual listeners, but you know just you and him on the guitars together you're, just speak to your chemistry together <laughs> plus strengths.
2: oh uh, well we we just we had a instantaneous chemistry and um and you know, it was just one of those things that worked it didn't we didn't um we didn't have to really work at it. We just sort of naturally fell into each other's type of playing and uh, uh, it was it was easy it was really easy so and he was just coming up with all these amazing riffs that you know eventually turned into you know our first album and get your wings and I mean he just has this ability to come up with these bad licks <laughs> <laughs> and i tell you something maybe people don't know but if Joe Perry invites you over and he's gonna cook you make sure you're there because he's I'm culinary master.
0: <laughs> All right, so
2: both kind of like. Yeah, Like if, Joe, <laughs> if Joe's doing barbecue or Thanksgiving and he invites you, it's like, cool, man. You you know you're gonna be very happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a hot. That's a-
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
0: Um, all right. So you mentioned, you know, he was just fiddling around, showing a bunch of riffs, you know, before and then all of a sudden, I guess you got your, you know, you're signed by Columbia. You get that self-titled debut album in '73. Um, and, of course, that has Dream On on there, but I, I, a lot of people today forget that that wasn't like a big hit at the time, right? Didn't it take some time? No. Um, did you, but did you, um, I know it's been forever, but try to mentally take us back in the recording studio on that one. Did you sense that it, it maybe this thing bigger, like the audiences aren't getting it yet, but this thing is, is a masterpiece?
2: Uh, I don't think we felt... Not at that time. Um, just it was a good song, but not at that time. We, you know, um, it didn't feel like it was going to be uh, uh, such a classic that probably go, lived for many, many, many decades. Um, you just knew it was a good song, and uh, um, the, the the thing. It's crazy. That song is just. It has become that kind of tune that's just gonna go on forever.
0: Absolutely. Great lyrics.
2: Great song. A really cool arrangement. It's very song-like. It's not just a jam. <laughs> very well constructed. Right, right. I mean, we spent a lot of time constructing the guitar parts, and, and uh, but you know when we did that, we were, I mean, we, we recorded that. I'm surprised it sounds so good. I mean, we, we were actually using equipment that some of it was made out of cardboard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, it was so. Um, unlike anything that we have today for recording.
0: That's wild. Um, but
2: it survived. Yeah. It survived technology, and it survived on people's ears, and you know, we're, we're very proud of that one.
0: Awesome. And then I know, um, I guess by the third album, really, really blew up because I think that had "Walk This Way" and "Sweet Emotion." Any memories you can share of, you know, from a guitarist's perspective of the first time you hear that? Da-na-na, and like that's got to feel good on the fingers.
2: <laughs> well, that's just a- another example of Joe Perry coming up with these. Slicks. and that was you know and that was born out of that and uh we had a couple of different things and a couple of different ideas and, and it's like hey this part might work with that part and sure enough it did and next thing you know um we had a sort of an afternoon off i think it was and steven came back from seeing young frankenstein because i got the title for the song <laughs> we're gonna call it walk this way
0: Right, because that's what Igor tells him. Right, and he's like, "No, walk this way." <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. That's awesome. Um, any tidbit you can can provide on on Sweet Emotion because that's been you know that's one of my favorites over the years.
2: Yeah, that um, now that's that's Tom Hamilton, um, who came up with all of that music, and uh, he he um, comes up with just great stuff. And you know that that intro, that bass intro. It's very difficult to play. It sounds quite simple. It just kind of rolls along. But, you know, I've seen other people try to play it, and they can't do it. <laughs> Even Sting couldn't get it. <laughs> so it's a very cool. It's a very cool... It's 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 so great to still hear these songs on the radio. But, you know, when you first hear it, that is, um, that is uh, like, really, um, really cool. The first time you hear this stuff on the radio, you're just, you're just like,
0: "What's <laughs> in Especially if it's one you wrote. Like I know you wrote "Last Child" and "Kings and Queens." Like talk about hearing hearing on the radio songs that you yourself you know would, would write. Yeah, it was just
2: it's, it's just great. It's a, you didn't, it, that is the rush of rushes when your music gets played on the radio, and it and it continues to happen today. You know, when I hear it today, I still have the same same. Uh, I get the same vibe. I get the same feeling.
0: That's awesome it's that you still get that rush. Yeah. It probably never goes away. Um, I know there was a brief, you guys sort of, there was a brief breakup or change of lineup like in the late 70s. I know uh, Joe Perry left in like 79 and you left in in 81. Um, how long were you actually gone and, and what, what sort of caused that sort of breakup and then getting the band back together? Because I know by like the early to late 80s, you guys were, you know, back together and crushing it, you know, with Run DMC and stuff. But what happened in that little breakup period?
2: No, actually, what happened in uh, in that in that period, I mean, we were, we were, um, had been, I would say, overworked and overstimulated with uh, uh, the whole drug scene and stuff. We were very, uh, we were a little bit shattered there, and it was just a little fight. Um, it was silly, and, uh, but Joe was like, Joe kind of was like, I gotta get out of here, and, uh it seemed like to him things were going downhill but uh he he left in actually 1980 i left about a year later and um we uh we basically Joe was working on the Joe Perry project which i actually worked with him a bit on that and i did some other studio stuff uh for some other musicians and otherwise i was kind of on break and uh we we, we got back together uh, in the was like Ooh. Eighty three, eighty four, right around that time period, uh, the wounds were healed, and and uh, we said let's just try this again, and it worked. Well, you didn't, <laughs>
0: you, yeah, you didn't just try; you succeeded. So many more hits since, and uh, all the way to like decades and decades, and rock and roll and fame, and it goes on and on. Uh, I know you're running up against the clock, so we appreciate you taking the time. Brad Whitford, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Hey man, thank you very much, Jason. You Had a great time. All right. And I hope see you. to see you at the show. Yeah, see you out there. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks, man.
1: Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.